Hello everyone. I'm excited to welcome you to Live Healthy Naturally, where we flip the dialogue about health and wellness in terms of what your body can do on its own and your ability to heal from many so-called lifelong diseases. I'm your host, Dr. Samir Shridharan. I'm a naturopathic doctor practicing out of Dallas, Texas. And I'm also the founder of Hygia Homeopathy and Hygia Holistic Retreat. Are you ready to hear the stories of healing and the many journeys of people healing from autism, autoimmune conditions, and many more? Then, listen on. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me on this brand new episode of Live Healthy Naturally. And I'm Dr. Samya Sridharan. And here today with me, I have an amazing guest, lots of amazing information that you're going to hear about your oral health. You know, there are so many aspects to holistic health. I have seen patients who have had liver failure as a result of their teeth. And I know a lot of people don't think of these kinds of things. And also, even breast cancer, there is a big component of oral health contributing to either, you know, the good health of your breast or diseases of your breast. And most people don't know this aspect of it. And another aspect also that I would like to mention before I go on to interviewing my guest is thyroid diseases. This is another area where dental health, I mean, every aspect of your body matters and every aspect of your body is connected to your dental health and oral health but specifically these kinds of diseases are some things that i have seen just by doing fluoride in a dental practice can contribute to hypothyroidism so so many people go i'm sure you are going to the dentist often and going and getting your oral cleaning done your dental cleaning done and then six months later you go back and do all of this all over again yet you don't necessarily have really healthy teeth maybe you keep getting cavities maybe your children are getting cavities and nobody ever tells you how to prevent them and that isn't necessarily how any kind of healthcare should be healthcare should really be preventative isn't it so that's the reason why we have this wonderful dr tony ingram from flourish dental boutique and in richardson and i have had so many patients go to her and every single patient of mine loves 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 her and her practice because she is such an advocate for your health because everything that goes in your mouth obviously goes into your body and if your dentist is not on the same page as your naturopathic physician or your holistic doctor or your integrative medical doctor or functional medical doctor then you really are doing a disservice to yourself and so she is going to give us lots of pearls of wisdom so you can take that away and uh, get your own oral health and your physical health in order. Thank you so much for joining Dr. Ingram. I really appreciate you being here and willing to share your knowledge, your wonderful, you know, sweet presence on our podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to dig in and get talking about this stuff. Yes. <laughs> So we'll also share her information, you know, on our description. So if whenever you are ready to take care of your oral health as well as your whole body health, then you can definitely reach out to their office. I highly, highly, highly recommend Dr. Ingram and her practice because she has done wonders for every single patient of mine that I've sent her way. So for beginners, Dr. Ingram, 
tell us a little bit about why holistic dentistry like what is this whole thing and how did you get into this there are so many dentists on every corner of every street so what makes this different and how did you even think about this whole concept well to start holistic dentistry has several names so it's kind of confusing a lot of people refer to it and most of us refer to it as biological dentistry mm -hmm. but holistic is really a better descriptor because it's just that yes we specialize in the mouth but we take into consideration the entire person it really is holistic care just like you're treating so holistically, it's holistic care. So biological dentistry or holistic dentistry, a lot of it is really very similar to traditional dentistry in the what we do because we still do fillings, we still do crowns, we still clean teeth, but the difference lies in the how and the why and even the when. Mm -hmm. The win, meaning we try to be very, very preventive. So mm -hmm. diet always comes first. Lifestyle always comes first. Mm -hmm. And if we can prevent dentistry from needing to happen, then that's a win in our book. The how is we're much more mindful with the materials that we use. Mm -hmm. In my practice, I believe dentistry should be safe. Mm -hmm. And with that, that means I feel like in the past, dentistry has not always been mm -hmm. safe. Mm -hmm. And so we're very careful to source the materials that we use mindfully. Not that everything that we use is natural and organic. You know, sometimes a, a filling is a filling and that that's not something that's a natural product, but we make sure that we're using products and materials that are as safe and as natural as possible to get done what we need to get done. Mm -hmm. That's really the basis of it. I'm sure a lot of your listeners know the difference between germ theory and terrain theory. Correct. And we believe that both exist, mm -hmm. but it's not just germ theory. Right. It's really taking into consideration the terrain mm -hmm. of the entire person. Mm -hmm. You know, one person might respond to an amalgam filling, a silver filling differently than another person mm -hmm. because of the toxic burden that their terrain is already having to deal with. Mm -hmm. that's so, so those thing. are, mm -hmm. that's just kind of the high level difference between normal dentistry and holistic or biological dentistry. So I do want to interject that the terrain theory and germ theory, just so we clarify, you know, for our listeners is terrain theory is the concept of your body is really what, where everything happens. So if you keep the body healthy and the defenses strong, then germs can't really attack or germs can't take you as a host. And then the germ theory says that every germ is going to attack you or you have to be, or you're susceptible to every germs. And the reason why this is important uh, to understand is that everybody know just because you're exposed to a virus or a bacteria doesn't mean that you're going to get sick from that virus or bacteria. And even in the same household, there may be that one person actually gets sick or three people get sick and one person doesn't get sick. And that's because their terrain is stronger and is able to defend itself. And that's the reason why they don't get sick. And so that's, you know, I just want to explain that so that people understand more about how this actually applies here in the holistic dentistry aspect of it. Yeah, that's perfect explanation. I love that. Thank you. Now you asked 
how I got into all this craziness. Yes. Or the I beauty of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that was not my intention when I got into dentistry at all. I just wanted to be a normal dentist and have a normal <laughs> practice and just grow my practice. This is not even my first practice. I had a normal practice uh. in Midlothian, Texas, which is a town I dearly, dearly love. So <laughs> turns out as I was opening that practice, I had a toddler at home. I was mm -hmm. working full time as an associate at another practice mm -hmm. and I got sick. Mm -hmm. So like so many other holistic practitioners, mm -hmm. it takes us getting sick mm -hmm. for the light bulb to go off that we need to stop and take care of ourselves or we can't take care of anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I went through several different doctors and months and months and months of not feeling well mm -hmm. and was finally diagnosed with Crohn's disease, Wow, which is the best gift that God could have given to me for my career, mm -hmm. honestly. And that's um, such a beautiful perspective, right? A lot of times people don't necessarily look at it like that. And I love that you looked at it as a gift and changed your life for not only for yourself for the better, but also for so many other people because you're such a gift in this community. And I love that you exist and that I could refer patients to you and know that they are going to be well taken care of. And I don't have to worry about that as to what are the things that they're getting in their mouth and coming back with other problems that I need to deal with. So I'm glad to... <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm not creating more work for you to have to fix. I mean, seriously, it, it happens. Thing. It really happens. I just saw a patient this Friday. I mean, sorry, yesterday. I don't even know like what day anymore. So, right. right. I saw a patient. So she has alopecia. And that child has been getting fluoride in her mouth. And I had no idea about this. And I thought that I had educated the patients, I mean, about it, the mother, parents about it. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, they must take care of all these things. And we talk about so many things that it's almost impossible for me to cover every aspect of it and what are the things that they're doing. So she was doing so wow. well. And then she started, the alopecia started coming back again. And I couldn't understand why. And the parents kept saying that we didn't do anything different. Everything is exactly the same. It must be your treatment. We don't understand why would this happen and honestly speaking i couldn't understand it myself and then i muscle tested her for her and then i found out that it's her teeth and i still couldn't understand what in her teeth and then we kind of drew a timeline and asked her when was the last time she went to the dentist when was the last cleaning and drew the timeline and i also was giving her iodine in the past but i took her off of iodine and the timeline fell exactly at the same time where she was off of iodine and she got dental cleaning and then she also started swimming in a chlorinated pool on a regular basis and she's been doing since summer of this year and her spot keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger interesting oh wow yes so things like that in the past i wouldn't have necessarily asked those questions but obviously the more oh. i know and then I immediately said, so now I understand even more the significance of talking to every single patient about holistic dentistry and asking them to listen to this podcast so that they can make better choices right away rather than us having to talk about every single thing in an hour consultation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's insane. I know. So going um, back to your story. <laughs> hmm. Okay. My story. Let's see. So was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Oh, here's the best part. You know, I was 
health conscious at the time, Mm -hmm. but holistic anything wasn't really in my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I was not on the holistic spectrum quite Mm -hmm. yet. And so my doctors told me that one, that, you know, they gave me my list of medications that Mm -hmm. I needed to start taking. They're like, you know, you have Crohn's disease. Here's what it is. Here's your list of medications to start. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to need, you know, these medications aren't going to work anymore. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll put you on stronger medications. And we'll keep doing that until we can't mm-hmm. anymore. And you'll probably at some point need surgery to remove all or part of your colon. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made me mad. Yeah, I didn't accept that answer. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what about what should I be eating? Mm-hmm. What sort of foods should I eat or not eat? They gave me the diet to help my symptoms, but they didn't give me a diet to help me heal. And in fact, they even said, so the GI doc that I liked, Mm -hmm. this Harvard trained gastroenterologist was very, very nice. I liked the man, Mm -hmm. but looked me straight in the face and said, your diet has nothing to do with this. I know. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard, especially for Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, like a gut problem. And you say food has nothing to do with it. Yeah. So that made me, thankfully, that made, you know, alarm bells go off in my head that 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 can't be right. Mm -hmm. And I just don't accept that answer. Mm -hmm. So I got online and did all the research I could do and, you know, started looking into all these different holistic groups and different holistic methods and things were working and I was getting better. Mm -hmm. I did take the medications and I'm very thankful because Mm -hmm. that triggered me to get into remission pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But then it was up to me to do the real work to actually heal so that I could get off the medications. Mm -hmm. So the more I started going down those rabbit holes Mm -hmm. and learning about what Crohn's actually is Mm -hmm. and what it takes to heal. Mm -hmm. Man, it's the same thing that I treat at work every day. It's all about inflammation Mm -hmm. and your microbiome. Mm -hmm. It's all just a dysbiosis. And that's exactly what tooth decay and gum disease is. It's all about balancing the bacteria correctly, Mm -hmm. making sure you minimize your inflammation. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't figure out, I was feeling so much better Mm -hmm. by this point that I just felt like a hypocrite if I didn't figure out how to do the same thing for my patients Mm -hmm. who are dealing with their chronic illnesses Mm -hmm. of tooth decay and gum disease. So that's what started me on the path to learning more about oral systemic health because Mm -hmm. that really wasn't taught that much Mm -hmm. in dental school even. And then the more I got into oral systemic health and doing research along that, the more I started saying things to my patients about their diet Mm -hmm. and really digging in a little bit deeper. And my patients are the ones who pushed me the rest of the way Mm -hmm. because when I would start talking about diet... Mm -hmm. Some of them would say, okay, well, if you believe this, then why are you still using fluoride? Ah. And if you believe this, why are you, you know, what are you doing with these mercury fillings Mm. that you're taking out? Mm. We know you don't place them, but aren't you still stirring up a bunch of mercury? Mm. So my patients challenged me (laughs) to keep learning Mm -hmm. and man, it's like once you get to a certain point, you kind of can't go back. Right. And I think once I really felt like there were problems with fluoride to where I had an ethical problem using it on my patients, Mm -hmm. 
once I got to that point, Mm -hmm. I couldn't really be a normal dentist anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You became an extraordinary dentist. (laughs) Who wants to be ordinary when you can be extraordinary, right? I'd much rather be extraordinary, sure. Exactly. But you know, that's such a powerful story. I love that story because I see day in and day out so many people that actually accept that as their final diagnosis and their treatment option. And it's so heartbreaking for me when I hear a patient. I mean, thankfully, many a times, obviously, they are in my office. So even if they don't believe it, somebody forced them to be there, you know. And every time I would talk about diet, they'd be like, for Crohn's, my GI told me that there is nothing I can do about my diet in order for me to heal. And it is so hard because it's an uphill battle at that point in time. You didn't accept it, you rejected it. But when the patient has accepted it, then to actually make them see another way takes a lot of effort. And I applaud you, even when you didn't know better to say, no, I reject that idea that they say that I don't have the ability to heal because every single one of us have the ability to heal from everything, just like a cut on the skin. And I love that not only did you take that and make it your own in the sense you got a healing story out of this, you healed your own body through all of this, then you applied that to your patients and to your practice. And I'm sure it came with a lot of challenges, going down the rabbit holes many times and things like that. Because that's what happens, you know, in this whole field, you know, you keep learning and you keep finding out like iodine was something that happened to me like that. You know, I found out about that and I was like, whoa, that's another rabbit hole. And then you get out of that another rabbit hole and you keep going through these rabbit holes all the time. (laughs) Yes, they do. They do. And it's wonderful. Keeps our brains sharp, right? We are actually able to. That's right. (laughs) So it's wonderful. But I am so thankful for your Crohn's too. I'm so thankful that you're also healed. But I'm thankful that you know, that's what the wake-up call was. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely thankful that I'm not in the bathroom 12 times a day anymore. Yeah, that, that, that is terrible. That is terrible. Nobody needs that. And no. you know, Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy about that. So when you say holistic dentistry, does it mean that you do something more than what a dentist would do? The sense that is there certain kinds of things on a regular basis when they come in? Like a regular dentist will do these things and then an extraordinary dentist like you will do these things differently or extra. I love this new label that you've given me. I know, right? I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it. I'm going to post it in my office somewhere. Yes, post it. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, the difference is that patients will notice when they come into the office mm-hmm is so it does go beyond just not using fluoride Mm -hmm. we actually make sure and we have to go through our materials pretty regularly because Mm -hmm. it's not on packaging typically Mm -hmm. in for dental supplies tell me more what does that mean we don't have fluoride in the office Uh but if we don't regularly check all of our products Mm -hmm. then it's easy for it to sneak in because they don't there aren't ingredients listed like on the back of our composite material Mm -hmm. or on even i was so mad one day i realized that it was in our children's flossers that we were giving out to kids like fluoride on flossers so we had to throw those out and 
source them differently. So we don't have any fluoride in the office. We filter it out of our water as soon as it comes in mm-hmm. and none of our products or materials have it. So and what so is the bad part about fluoride? As a dentist, I would like you to you know, give out your opinion on why shouldn't people use fluoride after dental cleaning or even in their toothpaste, in their maybe mouth rinses, what other sources and their water, why shouldn't there be fluoride? Well, I definitely have a stronger feeling about it in water than I do in topical dental products. Mm -hmm. Fluoride is a tool. It's a naturally occurring substance, Mm -hmm. and it was found to be a helpful tool Mm -hmm. in preventing tooth decay to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But most of those benefits are when it's applied topically, Mm -hmm. not when you're taking it internally Mm -hmm. and getting it systemically. Mm So it can be useful. And I'll give you like the safe dental school ADA answer. There's no proof that fluoride causes any kind of negative health problems. Okay. However, mm-hmm. now let's get to what Tony, the mom, right. <laughs> thinks. It needs to be safe and effective. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about efficacy first. Mm-hmm. We've been treating our water mm-hmm. with fluoride mm-hmm. for more than 50 years right. in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. more than 70 years since you know World War II era right. in a lot of cases. And the rate of decay in the country, especially in poor areas, continues to rise. Right. So how efficacious is it? Right. But so there is a problem thing. with fluoride that isn't necessarily talked about. Even topical fluoride is the iodine depletion. And we exactly. have a huge yeah. hypothyroidism epidemic. Yes. I mean, children are getting diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Newborns. I actually have a newborn with hypothyroidism. This is a That's huge, insane. That is. I mean, I was actually talking about this with my mentor and, you know, he has 40 years experience, right? And I have almost 20 years experience. And none of us have ever seen a newborn with hypothyroidism in all these years. And here we are seeing newborns with hypothyroidism. So even though it hasn't actually prevented tooth decay, now we actually have a rise in hypothyroidism. And I see so many people, even without hypothyroidism, but on the verge of hypothyroidism, who are super iodine deficient. Even yes. chronic, you know, fatigue is actually... Yeah many a times because of iodine deficiency. And so fluoride does contribute heavily to iodine deficiency. So it's almost like, you know, we put fluoride to prevent tooth decay. And one of the biggest reasons for me that, you know, I don't want my patients to use fluoride is because of that, because yes, it may help a little bit, but then if it is actually going to cause this much damage, then I don't really want something like that. If What if we can use something else instead of fluoride that can be effective, but without causing the damage, then that's what we want. Exactly. It's all about risk versus benefit. Yes. What will really make steam come out of your ears, if it hasn't already, about the fluoride situation is there are currently 76 peer-reviewed published scientific studies that are linking water fluoridation to a decrease in IQ. Yes, I know that. And yes, for the listeners, yes, it is. And it's crazy. So that's been in the holistic community for years and years. Right. The tinfoil hat people that would say, oh, it's just the government trying to dumb down the population. Right. 
what in the world are these 76 studies about? And I get it. You know, I've had friends that have said, oh, well, most of those are small studies. They're not done in, in this country. Right. Blah, 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 blah. There's 76 freaking studies right. <laughs> about it. So if there are 76 studies that are showing that there's a correlation, right. then it's going to make me pause. Correct and say, maybe there's something here, and maybe the risk outweighs the benefit. Correct. Because the benefit's not that much. Yes, if it hasn't done anything in the two decades, then it really isn't even beneficial that much. Right, like why are we wasting our time with it? Right, and what do you use? So since, you know, we are talking about fluoride and, you know, maybe the topical fluoride does have some benefits, what do you use instead of that? So that, you know, you're still getting the benefit, but without all the ill effects of it. Yeah. So we use several things for patients at home. Mm -hmm. I want them using a toothpaste with a very specific form of calcium. Mm -hmm. If they can find it, Mm -hmm. preferably a nanoparticle calcium hydroxyapatite. Mm -hmm. That is found in your best remineralizing toothpaste. Pace. Mm-hmm. If it's in that nanoparticle, then your na- enamel can actually absorb it and mm-hmm. take that into the crystalline structure. And it that is the crystalline structure that our enamel is made up of. Mm-hmm. So the nanoparticle calcium hydroxyapatite, it's typically a natural source. So I feel very good about the safety profile of it. It's been used for decades and decades mm-hmm. and is very accepted in the scientific literature as well. Mm-hmm. So benefits there that's wonderful so Um, since we are talking about toothpaste i do have one more question are there some things that people should look for in the toothpaste that shouldn't be there and that should be there yes so toothpaste is primarily cosmetic Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily need it it's really just a way to oh my god a dentist saying that Toothpaste is not necessary. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're making history here. <laughs> it's not necessary. The ADA actually says that the primary purpose of toothpaste mm-hmm. is as a carrying agent for fluoride. Ah, wow. So I didn't know that. If we're not really using the fluoride, if it's not really serving the purpose, then toothpaste is, is a nice cosmetic because you want it to have enough of a grit that it removes the plaque from the surface of the teeth, Mm -hmm. the soft plaque. Mm -hmm. But that's the primary purpose. Now you can, it's, I think it's a wonderful cosmetic to use and I recommend it. Mm -hmm. I recommend that patients use toothpaste, but it's to carry other things now. Ah. So it's to carry our calcium hydroxyapatite. Mm-hmm. And it's to carry some xylitol if you can tolerate xylitol, because mm-hmm. that's a wonderful tool to help prevent tooth decay and rebalance the oral mm-hmm. microbiome. Mm-hmm. Now, what I don't want to see in toothpaste is we don't need a ton of foaming agents. Mm-hmm. So the sodium lauryl sulfate, those kinds of things are, are really not necessary. Even though we like them, we like that foamy feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not needed. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any... I, is there any- Uh, cons to having that SLS? That would be a question for our naturopath, my dear. (laughs) I think SLS, it's not needed, but my understanding is there are some allergies to it. It can create some sensitivities, but you tell the listeners, because I'm sure you 
can articulate much better than I can. Yes, SLS is not only not necessary, it can definitely create certain kinds of intolerances and allergies. And because we do have to understand that even though we are actually putting it in our mouth, we have lymphatic system that absorbs everything that we put in our mouth. And everything that you put in your mouth is in your body. You have to understand it's not just in your mouth. So which means that every ingredient in your toothpaste as well as your oral rinse matters. If it is absorbed into your lymphatic system and goes into your tissues, is that actually going to do you any good or is it actually going to do you any bad? And that's what we want to look at. And SLS always gets into the lymphatic system and gets accumulated, causes the immune system to react poorly later and creates intolerances to things that they shouldn't be reacting to that are commonly present in the nature like allergens you know like i'm mean, not allergens they're called pollens but we now call them as allergens unfortunately but you know pollen and things like that so it triggers an immune system response that we don't want so sls is not good to have in the toothpaste preach it sister I like it. <laughs> okay so what else do we not want in the toothpaste we don't want a bunch of chemicals and plastics and weird stuff. Mm -hmm. For a while, they were putting literal plastic beads wow. in toothpaste. Oh, yeah. I remember like Colgate used to have that. I yes. remember like blue beads. Oh, my, oh they're plastic? They're oh my plastic. God. I've used them. Oh, my God. And it's one of those like forever chemicals. So oh it gosh. never goes away. <gasps> I think they stopped it because I think there were enough people that complained about the ick factor of why are you putting plastic in our toothpaste? Wow. Um, but yeah, they were little plastic beads. Wow. And so sometimes hygienists would like find them embedded in gum tissue Ooh. if you know you scrub too hard in the wrong direction or something. Um, so we don't want to see anything like that. <laughs> it, you don't need fake scrubbers. That's just weird. Like there's plenty of natural scrubbing agents that can be used in toothpaste to help mm -hmm. scrub your teeth if mm -hmm. that's your jam if that's what you want <laughs> i also don't like what else was in there were some it's sorbitol. been so long since i've sorbitol. looked at normal toothpaste how about sorbitol there were, say that again sorbitol sorbitol you know that one's interesting love sorbitol mm -hmm. and i think there's even some scientific evidence that if you have sorbitol combined with xylitol, mm -hmm. that it reduces the effectiveness of the xylitol. Okay, correct. And usually sorbitol is typically not from a plant source, right? Yes. And also, I mean, from what I have learned is sorbitol, it's kind of interesting. Sorbitol acts like a cake is mm. what I have learned, even though it's kind of sugar alcohol, but it really promotes the pathogenic growth in the mouth and not really reduce the pathogenic growth like xylitol does and that just was wow. very interesting to me because almost every single regular drugstore toothpaste has sorbitol as their first ingredient yeah well it's so cheap to produce I yes think. yes i think it actually comes from corn if i'm not wrong or i could be completely oh does wrong. it i think so. i know I'm not even sure a lot of xylitol comes from corn so right. it wouldn't surprise me yeah so that's what I think it is, but it's crazy. But the way it acts is just how horrible that is. And it was horrifying for me to recognize that and say, oh my God, something that we are using in our toothpaste after we eat our desserts acts as a dessert <laughs> so that, you know, all night long we have pathogenic overgrowth in our mouth. We are thinking that we are, you know, kind of protecting our own teeth <laughs> at night after brushing it. <laughs> so that's crazy. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Dr. Ingram is so full of information and so 
since we actually have so much to share with you we are actually going to go with this interview for another episode so i thank you for listening today i know you have things to do and places to be i really appreciate that you are listening to us and i hope that you get a lot of information out of this and you apply all the information that you receive so you can actually have better oral health and hence also your entire body's health show us some love and share the information that you received today to all the people that you love so that they can benefit from it too and i'll see you in 2 weeks